buddy? Hi, guys. Well, from steaming hot Salt Lake City, Utah. It's Thank God I'm Atheist. The podcast. I'm Frank Feldman. And I'm Dan Beecher. And coming up on the show today, everybody, we're going to be talking about why we talk about politics. On yeah. What should be a show about religion. Yeah, I mean, we our our show is about secularism and all this stuff, and yet yeah. we are constantly bringing politics into this damn thing. Yeah, so uh, we're going to be asking what's up with that. Uh, you know, well, Dan. Yeah, we we are just barely over two months away from um, a very important presidential election. What? Right? I know. When when did this happen? <laughs> They snuck it by me. I know. I know, Dan. Um, and so I do think we're going to be talking a lot more politics than we'd even normally do. Um, yeah. And, you know, I mean, the, we, we talk about Trump a lot, right? Yeah. How can you not? I've actually got a Trump story right here that I'm going to segue into. Okay. Um, he, uh, <sighs> this is kind of a frustrating thing with Trump. Um, <laughs> really? You found one? I found something a little frustrating about him. He has this habit of saying the subtext out loud. <laughs> right? He's like, yeah, he, he forgets to bring the dog whistle, so he just blows a regular <laughs> whistle. Yeah, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Um, and so he ends up admitting to things at the uh, his rallies and whatnot, or to quote unquote journalists, right. um, the the people that he's willing to talk to. Although after the the that one interview, which was with an actual journalist, <laughs> yeah. holy crap, he's not going to be talking to anybody halfway real for a while. Um, well, even what's his name, Wallace? Like he crushes. I know Chris Wallace is. I, I've watched some clips of him. He, I don't. I, I've watched clips where the Fox News people talking to Chris Wallace get all crazy aggressive with him, like he's right. like dangerous, and they have to shut him down. And and Chris Wallace is just like, well, you know, blah blah blah. And it's like, where did, where did this yeah. Chris Wallace come from? I think. Anyway, I was going to say something. There, mean, there's madness in the world. <laughs> Is what is what's happening right yes. now. So anyway, um, he was at a rally uh, this last week, um, and uh, he was in Oshkosh, Wisconsin. By gosh! And he <laughs> he just flat out says what we already knew, but that nobody had really said quite so clearly. Um, and he and he goes, and we moved the capital of Israel. To Jerusalem, you remember this, right? Yeah, um, because it had been in Tel Aviv right. uh, prior to that, where and, it didn't piss everybody off, right? And this was like, wh why would you do this? And of course, we all know, but like, why? This is just dangerous. It's, it's just foolish. Um, right. And and then he continues. He goes, "That's for the evangelicals." <laughs> what? You don't. Yeah. Nobody comes out and just says it. Not well, you, you're not supposed to say it. 
Right, right. right. Which is normally the... like really infuriating, right? That people just won't say it. And that's right. therein lies the frustration with, <laughs> with Trump. Because I'd rather be infuriated at him, right? Than yeah. him actually coming out and saying the thing. Uh, I I love that he's saying the thing. I know, it's I, it's it's such a beautiful thing because look, he's he's this guy that has never no one's ever taught him when you're supposed to use your inside voice and when you're supposed to <laughs> use your outside voice. Like no one's ever told him you can't say x in y situation. Right. And so no, he doesn't know when the things that are said in the oval office are supposed to be said to the rest of the world and when they're not he has no sense of that whatsoever so he, and you know the i'm sure the people that surround him say explicitly now don't say this in front of anybody well, but they, they need to start you know using reverse psychology or something <laughs> you know being like this is the key thing that you have to say and he'll be like meh, 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 meh. right um yeah, anyway, oh, so he caused quite the, the ruckus um, back in uh, 2017. That's when he uh, recognized nope. Jerusalem as Israel's capital. Because that was that was the deal, right? right. That the international community hasn't uh, or typically does not <laughs> recognize Israel's capital because it's Israel was under sort of the, 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 the treaties that formed Israel, right? Jerusalem yeah. was supposed to be an international city, right? It wasn't right. supposed it's... to belong to Israel. It was supposed to belong to, you know, the people it, of... Because because it's a holy site for both Muslims and Jews. Exactly. Like, ever, scattered all over that place, there's just so many ancient holy places yeah. that it was always supposed to just be a shared thing. Right. And so, you know, sort of speaking to uh, the ruckus... That, that happened after this announcement he goes you know it's amazing with that the the evangelicals were more excited by that than the jewish people <laughs> yeah that's right that's... it's incredible <laughs> that's Dear true God. they were more excited about that they, yeah. Be, yeah because the evangelicals... because evangelicals don't care if a bunch of of jewish people die Right, or a bunch of Muslims. <laughs> bunch of They're Muslims happy die. with all of that. Yeah, Jewish people and Muslim people <laughs> killing each other, that's great for us. Yeah. So, yeah. oh yeah, because this, that means the second coming or the whatever they think right. is coming is, is happening sooner. Right. So the whole point for all of this is that, yeah, the, the evangelicals believe that the, the rapture will happen, the second coming or whatever, and it says something about Jesus will come to Jerusalem. Yeah. And so their thinking is, you guys can have it for as long as you want. Second Jesus comes, that shit's ours. And that's yeah, the end of it. But I mean, the way that I, when I was a believer, the way I always understood God to work is that you couldn't tempt God, right? That God had his <laughs> own way of working, right? Like they believe in some shitty God that you can just sort of like trick into, oops, right. wow, war in Jerusalem. Well, time for the second coming, right? <laughs> like it's, it, yeah. it's, it's insane. Like it, it's, and why would you want it to happen? It's supposed to be this awful, horrible time that nobody yeah, wants to well. live through. And they just, they just want it to happen. That's why they they're invented psychotic. The 
the the idea of the the uh, the rapture, so, so that they don't have to live through it. <laughs> it's not so. in the Bible. They just invented that. They made oh, that I shit know. up. Yeah, they're they're crazy. All right. You know, it's funny. Uh, I'll transition by saying this. We reported a while ago. Do you remember that we reported, speaking of Jerusalem, that there are a couple of, like, Christian TV networks that have a constant camera trained at the Mount of Olives or whatever it is so that they can televise the second coming when it happens? (laughs) That's amazing. So they don't miss the footage. Right. Right. Look... That is killer tape. You don't want to miss that. <laughs> anyway, one of those networks is uh, Trinity Broadcasting Network. Oh God, which is uh, which is one of the largest, probably the largest uh, Christian uh, network in the world. Mm. And they, you know, one of their big guys. Now we've played him before on our on our show. One of their one of their big draws is one Mr. Kenneth Copeland. Oh, I hate him. <laughs> who looks kind of like he's made of Play-Doh with, like, really oddly dark-colored hair. Very clearly dyed because he's 122 years old. Yeah. This yeah. is the guy <laughs> who, who spat COVID-19 out of existence. Oh, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you guys remember that. Well, but, doesn't yeah, he, he have all the jets, too? Oh, yeah. He's got a ton of okay. planes, and yeah, he talks okay. about it and, and all that sort of thing. At one point, he uh, recently also with COVID, he uh, he made he dipped his hand in oil, and then held it towards the TV screen and was like, "Everybody, hold your hands up toward your TV screen, and I'll bless you." He has promised to rid us of COVID nineteen like twenty times on his show. Still huh. waiting for that to pan out, you know. But unfortunately, he won't get the chance to do it too much longer because they done canceled him. Oh, oh. Really? Yeah. What? Yep. He got canceled? He is he is canceled. See, cancel culture, it's gone too far. <laughs> it has gone too far. Wait, what is what, <sighs> like <clears throat> what why? Wait a second. How? Yeah. Yeah. His uh because his he... believers voice of victory show is gone and in its place uh a young guy, a young buck uh named Stephen Furtick. Okay. Pastor Stephen Furtick, uh, who is uh, known for his appearances on Preachers and Sneakers, which is an Instagram account that features uh, in, like pastors and their expensive shoes. No. Their expensive, yeah. Anyway, I, uh, yeah, he's he's going to be taken over as I, of October. <laughs> That's the dumbest so. thing I've ever heard. Um, a sneaker? What the, I, I'm I'm stuck on that, Dan. That's he, he's 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 a, a he's, he likes his tennis shoes. What do you want? So he okay. So he he has a lot of them, and they're expensive. And he shows like, them like, off as a preacher. Yeah, he's like the, he's, I don't. But I don't here's get the it. thing: a lot of the, this apparently this whole Instagram account, this preachers and sneakers Instagram account, is just dedicated to it, and it's a thing. There are so many preachers out there, and this is this is that whole prosperity gospel thing yeah, where yeah. where they need to be conspicuously wealthy in order to show you how, how because how blessed they are, yeah. because yeah. Wealth equals the Lord is anointing you. The Lord is is has chosen you for this wealth for a good reason. Kind so of sick. 
the more money you can show off that you have, the better off you are. So yeah, if he's wearing ten thousand dollar sneaks, he's uh <laughs> he's doing great. He's the lordiest of all the of all the guys. Oh, that's oh, God. It just makes me crazy. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, Dan. Yeah. Um, South Korea. They've been held of it. held up as uh, one of the countries that has had uh, such an effective or a highly effective response to COVID-19, right? Sure. Uh, they yeah. sort of famously had um, some some initial spread early on in, in the yeah. pandemic um, before we were even confident that it was a pandemic, right? Right. Um, and, and one of their, it was a super, their main super spreader site was some church, um, right? You'll recall it was yeah. the... Uh, Let's see the Shinchuanji uh, Church of Jesus. Yeah, um, had to be Christian. Had to be Christian, right? Um, and they got it all under control, and they've they've been doing they've been doing a, a pretty good job since then. Um, yeah, they 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 do the the contact tracing like mad. They call it trace, test, and treat. Um, yeah, and uh, they've had. Um, a total of 15,761 cases in their country. And all I can say is um, you're going to have to try a little bit harder, South Korea. We did like three <laughs> times that yesterday. Um, <laughs> but we're number one. We're number one. <laughs> like, like literally like three times. <laughs> um, but the, the apparently Korea has... Uh, they've been having a little bit of a spike um they have an outbreak uh -oh. happening uh let's see just this last tuesday they reported 256 cases in one day uh, uh -oh. of new cases in one day um and they have once again traced it back to uh church uh, shocking. surprise surprise shocking uh, um they've linked more than uh 400 infections to a uh, church called Sarangjil, um, who's uh, they have this leader Jun Kwang Hoon, um, who is a far right activist. Um, he has led protests against the country's liberal um, president, um, and they have the so so Korea their health ministry um, has filed. Uh, two criminal complaints against him uh, for disrupting official efforts to contain the virus um, because he's ignored orders to self-isolate and he's discouraging worshipers from getting tested. And they've also underreported the church's membership to avoid uh, broader quarantines. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, surprise, surprise, some far-right Christians trying to ruin another country. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus you Christ. know, it's funny uh, because I have two stories left and I could transition to either of those from what you just said. <laughs> well, and good. I don't know which one to go to. And whatever that will be, will transition well to my last one. Okay. Well, I'm going <laughs> to, here's what I'll transition to. Since we're talking about churches and COVID-19, mm -hmm. uh, there, uh, there has been some activity in California. Now, I don't know if you've heard of this, this state, California. It is the most populous of the United States of America. Yeah. And uh, and also has a lot of 
of that virus going around. Mm -hmm. um, now there is a mega church in uh, in the Sun Valley area of 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 uh, I don't know where Sun Valley, California is. I don't either. I think it's in I think it's in the L.A. area. Okay, it's in the Los Angeles area because okay. this is because the Los Angeles County health officials uh, had sought a temporary restraining order to bar the church from violating the health orders uh, that ban you know large meetings in an indoor space in an enclosed space. This is a mega church we're talking about, so you know thousands of people go in there, right? And they wanted to meet. So, uh, so yes, they, uh, the, the county health officials tried to restrain them. Uh, a judge granted part of the order, uh, but not the whole order. Uh, they said that they could meet indoors uh, as long as they post the judge's order. Anyway, uh, they, it's been a bit of a madness thing. The... the uh, they just f flat out refused to go to abide by this. Oh um, the California Court of Appeal has issued a stay of the lower court's order, allowing the county to uh, to keep their health order in effect. But John MacArthur, pastor of Grace Community Church, said, "Screw that!" Uh -oh. and and had everybody meet. In uh, unmasked, oh boy. without any social distancing. Matter of fact, in in his sermon in the service, he said, "Quote: The good news is that you're here, you're not distancing, and you're not wearing masks." That's the to which news. the congregation erupted in cheers. I could think of like better messaging than that. <laughs> what? How? <laughs> what do you mean? Look, that's not. Oh God, that sucks. I, it is. It is shocking to me how little. How I. I don't even understand the argument. Yeah. How little these people care for for the the health and welfare of their constituents of their of their. Uh, what do you call people that go to church at your church? Congregants. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, is yeah. shocking to me. Well, I mean, wouldn't a better message be like, I mean, it would be slightly grounded more in reality. I mean, not much, but um, sort of take the tact of like, like, y like with this plague raging, you are the faithful, right? You yeah. are the ones who have enough faith to show up, you know, and, and worship God in person, even though he's not here. Well, that's what um, he's saying, basically. But, but no, it's not. He's he's saying good for you for not wearing masks, right? Because well, I think people they all could understand. wear masks. It could require people to wear their masks. But, he could make them social distance. He could do yeah. like, like there's all sorts of things that you could do while still letting people, you know, hopefully keep themselves safe. Oh my god. On some level, and, right? Or at least the having a message that, of like, well, maybe when you're not here, be really safe, right? But when you're yeah. here, the Lord's, you know, what is it? Jesus's blood protects you or whatever. Something like that, which is, I mean, but it's all idiotic. They shouldn't. He, I know. I know. Like, why, I don't know why I'm like, I want them <laughs> when to. You're trying to craft his messaging for yeah, him. Yeah. You know, like, call me, <laughs> sir. I will, yeah. I will help you through this. 
Well, I, I would. I would. Seems like he's doing just fine. Service, uh, services for free. I actually. just. I, to any just, any pastor. I, everybody, everybody, look for the uh, the story later where the you know where we talk about how many people yeah the, how much how many people were infected because this was the epicenter of of this kind of stupidity. Oh my god, the fact that we that we're still not talking about the fact that Herman Cain, right, died because he attended the Tulsa rally. Yeah. Right. Like, like that should have been that should have been huge news, right? Like well, I mean, famous, I this is famous political person. I mean, yeah. semi-famous political person attends a Trump rally, right? And obviously, rallies are different than church attendance. Not by much, though, right? No, not in fact, um, not a Trump rally. Yeah, that is church. That is true. There's a lot of screaming, and yeah, and a rally would have a lot of the same problems: close quarters, people chanting, and not wearing masks, and not wearing masks. That's true. All right, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is, this is horrifying. Oh, um, good. you know, I was the, worried you wouldn't horrify me this, <laughs> this week. So I'm very glad the, uh, there's this push, right. To reopen schools this fall. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, a lot of, uh, jurisdictions are, are just like, nip, kids can stay home. Let's see what happens others are like yeah send the kids to school let's see what let's see what happens um and uh obviously private schools don't fall under the same sort of restrictions not always at least um that a lot of the public schools are going to be in but nonetheless uh in south carolina uh their uh local diocese owns a bunch of, of private Catholic schools, right? right. That are all going to be returning to in-person uh, instruction. And the teachers <laughs> are being forced, essentially, to sign COVID-19 liability waivers. <laughs> um, or they face losing their job. Um, oh my God, this is, quit now. Yeah, no kidding. Like Because these people do not have your best interest uh, at heart um, no, this don't. is uh, so let's see by signing the agreement uh, teachers and staff members are acknowledging that they may be exposed or affected by COVID-19 uh, by attending and or working at school and that such exposure or infection may result in serious illness and in rare cases even death um, what the let's fuck? see the teachers who sign uh, they're agreeing to quote, absolutely release, defend, indemnify, and hold harmless the schools and the Roman Catholic Diocese of Charleston, uh, including quote, any claims of negligent exposure, um, according oh, to wow. the agreements, um, the, and they've uh, made it clear that signing the diocese waiver is a condition of employment. Um, and so a, uh, the superintendent of Catholic schools, uh, one, Mr. William Ryan, uh, he, he's taking, he doesn't quite see it as, you know, the, the way that the rest of us are seeing this thing right. uh, as a horrific betrayal of the people who work for you. Yeah. He says that it's an accountability measure. Get that. Get that. <laughs> it's about accountability, right? He says, we believe that each of us are accountable for our actions and want each individual to understand the importance of compliance 
with the guidelines set forth in the document. The waiver serves as a tool to hold those associated with the school accountable and keeping everyone protected and healthy. I don't, that's not how that reads Mm-mm. to me. This, re- this reads, you're, you're a bunch of, you know, dipshit, asshole uh, jerks running this, this, uh, these schools, right? And you yeah. don't want any accountability you don't yeah. want any responsibility for yeah the this fact definitely that you're the ones requiring these people to go back to work yeah this is definitely about accountability yeah it's just about you shirking it Absolutely. it's not about your employees who should be a, like why would an employee be accountable to anyone for that like that doesn't make any sense i know well, or, or that, that this is somehow going to remind them to be safer. The fact right. that they're there is not safe. The fact that they're doing in-person instruction during a pandemic right. is the unsafe thing, right? Right. And you requiring them to be there is putting them in harm's way. I don't care how much PPP you give a teacher, right? I, I Yeah. Like, what are they supposed to do? Breathe through a yeah. tube that's running out to the window? I mean, like, yeah, exactly. what the fuck? We'll Actually, that's not a bad those, idea. We'll put them in one of those old-timey, like, uh, aqua suits. One yeah. Of the, one of those d- deep-sea diving bells yeah. or whatever. And just have them be breathing uh, outside air. That's what yeah. you do. I, th- this is actually the solution. Yeah, we've we've solved it, everybody. <laughs> I, once again, come to us for the solutions to all of the world's yeah. problems. I mean, things are weird right now. This doesn't seem that weird, considering how <laughs> weird things are. Right. I've just yeah. spent seven months at home. Yeah. <laughs> Doing nothing. And and we'll continue to <gasps> be there. Yeah, for another oh God, seven we're getting, months. We're getting punchy, is, is what's happening. Um, <laughs> all right, well, I'm going to take us to Brazil... Now, uh, Brazil is a is a a country that has decided to follow in the American footsteps uh, in the wise election of an idiot psychopath, mm, yeah, um, in President Bol- Bolsonaro, who you know his his country is not doing much better than ours in terms of uh, COVID nineteen. He has done no leadership on that front. Well, he's tried to make sure that it's worse than us. So he's yeah. not a very good leader. No, no. Uh, he's a, he, but but he sure can uh, enrich the right people, which is a a, a, a talent yeah. in and of itself. However, uh, one of the things that did happen was that when uh, when COVID nineteen first started to hit in Brazil, the country's um, the, the, there's a there's a ministry, a government agency that's sort of in charge of the indigenous people, or or the, that's in charge of protecting the indigenous people of you know the sort of rainforests and whatever, called the uh, the National Indigenous Foundation, and they basically said everyone who isn't absolutely essential that means a healthcare person or a uh, provider of food. Everybody else has to leave the indigenous people completely alone. Oh, well, guess okay. who doesn't like to leave indigenous peoples alone? The Christian missionaries. Oh, they hate God. it. They hate it. Oh, so, 
On July 7th of this year, President Bolsonaro decided to make an exception to the new law, to, to the law, and allowed in Christian missionaries. All they need to go in and talk to, to go in and, you know, preach the Jesus to the, uh, to the godless heathens is a, a note from a doctor saying that they're healthy. <laughs> And then they can go in. So, I got my note from my doctor. Got a note. I get to go and tell these people about Jesus. But what if they don't believe in doctors? <laughs> well, what if they could probably find one to give him to give him a note anyway? Yeah. Holy crap. So yeah, I mean, it's not bad enough that people are going in and just infecting these. L these affecting their minds with, with this yeah exactly affecting their minds with their bullshit about jesus and whatever they'll now definitely like definitely be infecting them also with a virus <laughs> jesus christ so that's fun <sighs> well done you guys good job everybody all around the uh the proselytizing can can gallop a pace uh with the indigenous people the poor ungodded heathens who were sitting there naked in the jungle happy as a clam not not even knowing how how miserable they were uh without jesus to uh to tell them how shitty they yeah. are yeah you know they didn't even know they needed to be saved right yeah, yeah. a spiritual battle yeah is uh and is is what's happening <laughs> Great. All right. Yeah. Well, listen, kids, if you have anything you'd like to say about this or any of our stories, please feel free to write into us, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com, or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. There's more show coming up, so stick around. Dan. Uh, yes. Um, are you ready for a nice little clip from your favorite turtleneck-wearing preacher man? <laughs> Nonagenarian. <laughs> Nonagenarian preacher man. <laughs> yes. Pat oh, Robertson. Boy. He's been... We've, we've said it many times yeah. on this show, but the thing about Pat Robertson is that half the time he's batshit crazy like all of the preachers, and then half the time... He actually acknowledges reality, and you never know which one you're going to get. <laughs> yeah. Are you going to get the hurricane is caused by the lesbians, or are you going to get, no, the tornadoes are just caused by, uh, oh, it's a weather phenomenon, and here's how it all works, and let me explain the science right. to you. Right. It's... Well, uh... He's like, it's a, he's like bipolar or something. <laughs> so, let's see what pole he's on this time, shall we? <laughs> I personally feel that this coronavirus is so deadly and the idea of having large people come together uh, without masks and without social distancing is a mistake because people catch this stuff and coronavirus is deadly. Not only does it affect the lungs, it affects now the neurological system, it affects other parts of the body. We haven't yet plumbed the depths of what this stuff does. And I really, really don't think 
that uh, it's wise for a thousand people to come together without masks and without social distancing, and just all of a sudden they're out there praying, praising the Lord and having a wonderful time. And at the same time, people are catching this stuff. What is going on? Could the Lord in His wisdom be allowing something to happen to America to wake us up so that we will repent before Him? We're looking at the locusts coming uh, to all over the parts of the world. We're looking at this dread coronavirus. We're looking at an economy that's in shambles and trillions of dollars in debt. And now we're looking at, at a body blow to the Midwest of our country. I just wonder. And but if there was ever a time we ought to pray, I tell you, it's time. If my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. Repent, turn from wicked ways. And there are a lot of stuff we're doing in America that is an abomination before God Almighty. But only America. I, 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 no, oh, look, America is the one that counts. That's the only country that matters. <laughs> like, it's what we're I, doing that's like, it doesn't make any yeah. sense. The rest of the world, which apparently is supposed to be worse, right, it, th right. than us, right, in all accounts, uh, kind of uh, figuring out this COVID thing, right? Right. Like, yeah. at least handling it until there's a, a you know, a better all solution. These heathen countries. Yeah. And yet, you know, we're the ones who have to, we're the ones that have to have a reckoning. I don't know. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, I do love that, uh, that this time we get both versions of, of Patty Boy. We <laughs> get one. We get reasonable, like actually, and it makes sense. Dude is clearly the oldest man on the planet. <laughs> Yeah, he's going to be afraid of COVID-19. He should be. He's absolutely right. Everything he says is correct in the first part of that thing. And then he's like, but also probably Jesus is just pissed. Just mad. Why do we make Jesus so mad? He, he made us all die of a disease. That's mean. Yeah. Yeah, it's funny, uh. right? That I mean, because Pat Robertson does this thing where he kind of keeps both things in his head yeah. like he keeps reality slash maybe something sciencey in his head right yeah and, and and then he has over here just his 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 religious nonsense right and it's really whichever one is more convenient or whichever one strikes his fancy in the moment you know um yeah. but um yeah i i there, there is a thing like I, i'm gonna Okay, I'm gonna. Everybody, don't freak out about this. But I wish there there were more uh, Pat Robertsons in the world. Yeah, uh, you know, because like, like he's, I mean, he's a horrible, loathsome human being. Like the stances that he's taken on, <laughs> on, on homosexuality and yeah, women in general. Yeah. just a concept. Um, trans people, trans people. Uh, like he's he's he holds truly wretched th beliefs, right? Right. But at the end of the day, he sometimes at least is willing to acknowledge a bit of, of science and truth. 
Yeah. And in fairness to him, he's so old he remembers the Salem witch trial. So he <laughs> like he's come a long way. He's come a long way. That's that's okay. Uh, look, we had some folks write into us uh, and and call into us. So let's get to that. Ethan, who is one of our donors, thank you so much, Ethan, write, wrote into us to say, I recently read an article in the summer 2020 edition of National Affairs titled The Spiritual Species. Written by psychologist Clay Rutledge, the article argues that despite whatever trends we might see in the survey data, we are unlikely to see spirituality disappear from the human experience. To support this claim, the author makes the following points. Studies indicate a deep human need to find meaning in life. Uh, studies further find that spirituality, particularly organized religion, is extremely effective at providing said sense of meaning. Hmm. Alternative forms of spirituality, such as belief in ghosts or horoscopes, are not as effective as organized religion at providing meaning. Also, the non-religious are more li likely than the religious to hold these alternative supernatural beliefs, indic indicating that they are attempting to substitute religion with something else to find meaning. Hmm. So, I'm asking you for your thoughts on the subject. If religion is a highly effective and hard-to-replace tool for providing and protecting a sense of meaning, are we justified in trying to convince people to abandon religion? Can a rationally defensible and effective means for producing and protecting a sense of meaning be devised to take religion's place? Oh, boy. <laughs> I think it's a... That's a good question. It's a good question. Uh, I, and I think that what it points to is not... Um, is a sense that... It, it, look, we're not devoid of meaning. I I have meaning in my life yeah. that I had to personally search for. Right. Uh, that doesn't come from any kind of sense of a magical world or a, you know some external thing. Right. It's just about sort of what's meaningful and 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 what I care about. Right. Which is nothing. I'm a nihilist. <laughs> but <clears throat> no, that's not true. But uh, I think that uh, one of the next things that our movement will have to do is find a, a, a way of providing a, uh, a sense of meaning, of, of, you know, find a, a, a way to give people that sense of meaning without all of the bullshit, yeah. without the mumbo-jumbo. Yeah, yeah, it's it's um, it's tricky, right? Because, like, I think that for a lot of us um, atheists, we had a, uh, a bad experience in addition to uh, w with religion right in mm. addition to being sort of wired to be a non-believer right on some level however that ends sure. up working right um but or at least if nothing else we develop a distaste for um those sort of settings right that, that are typical yeah. of of uh religious communities and and whatnot mm. um I mean, I, I, I've, I've thought about sort of, you know, the, the, the need for community fairly recently. I mean, surprise, surprise, during COVID-19, having these kind <laughs> right. of thoughts. Um, and, and I was like, you know, like, one of the things that's really interesting about moving into a new area when you're a religious person and you go, you find your, 
a church that you want to attend, or if you're Mormon, the church you're told to, to attend. Um, and you're just thrown in with all these strangers, right? You got people yeah. you don't like, like, honestly, like my dad never liked anybody in the ward, right? Um, <laughs> there'd be so-and-so and so-and-so that he thought were awesome. And then he would just complain and complain about so-and-so and this and that. Sure. Right. So you're thrown into this community that's family-like in some ways, right? There's the people you like, there's the people you don't like, but you all have to kind of figure out how to get along. And where's my thought going with this? Oh, the, it was like, would I want, like, like so many people when they move to a new area, this is what they're seeking out. This is how they find their, their new people. Right. And I'm like, would I ever want that? Would I ever want to like, just walk into a room where there's all these odd people and I'm trying to figure out my place in, in this new community. And I'm like, no, no. Right. Um, mm. and, and so the idea, and I know that finding meaning is more about like, the religious experience and the belief structures and and all of that and the sense that you have of like purpose right but i think that there's the social side of it as well that that, that is a purpose right especially in mormonism mm. because you're always you're, you're always given a purpose right um right i just it it i maybe i've lost my my, my train of thought here but i just don't think that um it's something I want in my life right yeah I just I what I can't imagine is that we can't come up with a with uh I can't imagine that we can't come up with something that can give that will give us a sense of meaning without us having to lie to ourselves and to each other <laughs> you know what I mean like without us having to make a bunch of bullshit up I'm sure that we can come up with a new way of doing things, a new way of supplying that sense of meaning, that sense of connection, that sense of of uh, of spirituality, sure. for lack of a better word. Though I don't ever know what people mean when they say that. Right. Uh, without without having to resort to uh, with to magic. Yeah. That doesn't actually exist. Yeah, that's probably it's a tough one. All right. Uh, well, we also had someone call into us. This is someone talking about, you know, last week we we played a, a or we talked, we, we did, had an email about, um, a, a guy wrote into us, his, his wife, I think, I think it was his wife, his wife, his partner, uh, was in the hospital fighting cancer and they had a dickens of a time finding a doctor who wasn't, who, who wouldn't talk about Jesus all the goddamn time. And uh, and one of the th things that one of the doctors said was, God wants you to be well. Well, that pissed off one of our listeners, and she had this to say. This is Dr. Terry Daniel, and I just listened to the podcast where you read the letter about the guy whose uh, girlfriend was dying, and the doctor said, God wants you to live. Uh, as you may know, this is my field. I work with hospice and end-of-life care and particularly toxic religious beliefs that affect those experiences. And I just wanted to say, here's what people can do when a doctor says something stupid like that. Here's what it looks like. Doctor says, God wants you to live. Patient says, how do you know that? Doctor says, because God loves you or whatever bullshit. And the patient says, why does God want me to live and not the patient in the next room? What happens when that patient dies? Or what if I die? What happens to your logic then? I mean, there's a whole 
dialogue that can happen. I suppose you could call it unchristian apologetics. Um, I see dialogues like this all the time in my work, and that doctor, that episode just made me made me want to scream and shout um, and and give people some tools for how to respond to anybody who says something like that. So uh, that's my two cents. Love you to pieces. Thank you for everything you do. Oh man, yeah, it's it is it it is nuts. To, yeah. to hear a doctor say something like that. And and yes, I love the idea of just saying, you don't know, you know, yeah, the whole God wants you to live thing. Well, why did he give me cancer then, asshole? How about that? <laughs> if God wanted me to live, he could have just made sure I didn't get the cancer in the first place. Right. So, yeah, I think, I don't know. I don't know if, I mean, that's a lovely idea. I don't know if reasoning with someone... Right. Who has who has unreasonable beliefs is going to work. I mean, the other I, approach you could take is just look. I don't believe in God, so we're yeah, going to have to have a different conversation. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I was I was thinking. Um, because that, and I think what what everybody's going to have a different approach, right? And if, totally. if this is the approach that is most comfortable to you, that that, uh, that makes the, sense. The caller. Um, yeah. you know, described then, then, then great. I, I would definitely maybe go that direction. But Do for it. me, I agree with you, Dan. I, I would, I would 100% just be like, you know, I don't believe in God. I would just point blank tell them where right. I stand with what you just said. Um, and, uh, you know, so let's let that for me that's irrelevant like let's right. talk about my needs my medical needs although here's the thing that i like about what terry said it, which is that what she says could like if you get through to them at all if you say look here's why what you just said is so ignorant yeah and you and you hold that mirror up to them there's a chance that they won't go taking that bullshit to somebody else yeah, that's a good point. So yeah. uh, it's not your... Now, mind you, it's not your job to protect everybody else from somebody's bullshit. And if you're right. in a, an extreme case where you're, you know, you're facing something that's very difficult for, for you, you just do whatever makes you feel safe and comfortable. Like, yeah. save yourself. You don't have to save the world. But right, if you're in exactly. a place where you can actually, like rationally make that decision and maybe save somebody else down the road from that kind of ignorant bullshit right great yeah i yeah, don't know stuff. it's all very tricky yeah well dan we have some people we should thank yeah you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna start us off oh are you i am uh because we got a a one-time donation from lonnie who uh is who gave who's coming in and i don't know how to calculate it when it's a one-time donation because all of our sort of priesthoods are based on an ongoing thing mm -hmm. but i'm this person i'm going to say that lonnie is in Lon, this was a very generous donation so i'm going to say that lonnie is uh somewhere in the melchizedek priesthood let's Ooh. let's just let's just say uh at least an elder at least an elder borderline high priest could be a high priest let's call it let's say high priest lonnie you're a high yeah. priest well that's fantastic done. um and then of amazing. course amazing uh we have some uh new patrons over on patreon Ooh. uh we have two new deacons we have kathleen and ethan uh who will be passing the sacrament this next sunday 
Um, and then we have a new teacher by the name of Chad. So big thanks to these uh, three kind people who went over to our website, thankgodimatheist.com, um, and became upon new you. patrons of the show. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, as always, we have our top donor, our Lord and Savior, Bevis. Oh, bless all of you. You're amazing. There's more show coming up. Hey Dan, yeah, I've got a beef. I've got Uh-oh. a beef. I've got a beef with you. I love beef, and maybe a beef with me. Okay. Um, why are we always talking about politics on this show, Dan? It's true. It's not a politics show. There's no. plenty of politics shows out there, but ours is supposed to be a show about sort of secular life. It's about political. Or it's or not political. It's about current events. Yeah. From a non-religious perspective, right? And yet here we are, we openly being just liberals, <laughs> expecting <laughs> all of our listeners to put up with a liberal bent. And here's the thing: and and every now and then we hear from a conservative person who uh, who who takes us a bit to task for it. And. And yeah, it's like yeah, we we talk a lot about politics uh, on this show, and uh, and I think yeah, we've mentioned it before. It's not us; it's them. You know what I mean? <laughs> like we're not driving into their lane; they're uh, they are careening into ours. So yeah. I feel like I, I mean it's it it becomes very clear that that we have to talk about politics, but. Why do we have to be in so insistent on one side of the aisle versus the other? Like, you and I, I, I think we could agree that we would be horrified to find that any of our listeners would vote for Donald John Trump. I, well, I mean, I'm horrified when I find, find out that anybody uh would would do so so right you know um and i to be honest if you're out there trump supporter i would actually want to hear from you yeah but i don't think i don't think we have we may have in, scared them in, all off in at this our point. in our active listenership dan many yeah. people who would be trump supporters and but again like well, if if you're out there like please let us know but there's a good reason why for that and that is because the right the the conservative right wing of this country back in the 80s decided to handcuff themselves to religion for better or for worse and they've just tightened yeah. those cuffs every year since yeah it has they uh, they have shackled themselves so completely and thoroughly to religion that literally there's one party in the United States that is, you know, in, a, in our two-party system, and anyone who says that there's a third party that's m- meaningful in any way is just kidding themselves. And so we've got one party that is a political party and one party that's a cult. And that's basically all they have left right now. Hmm. So here's my thing. Uh, part of what is... Uh, what has been so tricky about 
us navigating the political world is that I actually want to remain open to conservative listeners. I think that, you know, our show isn't primarily a political show and our mm. and politics are not our primary concern. But I can't be open to uh, uh, a, a party that is... You know where where the the Oval Office has a revolving door of creepy pastors going in and out, influencing our easily influenced pro- president, and where you know where all ninety percent of their messaging is religious manipulation, where they've abandoned entirely the concept of uh, of of political compromise. Mm-hmm. And political, uh, like that's all gone because religious thinking doesn't include that. There's no such thing as compromise, right? Yeah. In dogma, how could there be, right? So, right, exactly. So rather than, and you and I were talking about this earlier, and you made a, a, a the absolutely right point, which was that what American politics, what politics used to be here, and what they all should be everywhere is. We as a country all agree that there are certain goals that we have, Hmm. that we want certain things as a country. Now, we may disagree on the correct route to get there. Right. But we, but, you know, it used to be understood that in America, what we wanted was a country where everybody prospers, where everybody is taken care of, where all the people, you know, where, where... if you work hard and or you know or if you know if you contribute well then you are rewarded with safety security uh and and you know a, the pursuit of happiness right that's no longer what one side of this argument believes now they believe the good people us we the believers deserve all the good things and then there are the people who are against us, and they're bad. Yeah. You know, we had Lance Wallnow, a, 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 a pastor extraordinaire, who <laughs> went on the air, uh, not on the air, he went on onto YouTube and started talking about Kamala Harris when, she, when it was announced that she would be the vice presidential uh, candidate, and started talking about how Satan is using Kamala Harris to bring down Trump. He didn't seem to notice that, like, Kamala is not the presidential candidate. She's the vice presidential candidate. Right. But it when everything has to be couched black, white, good, evil, you know, there's one there's only one way to look at this, and any and anyone who looks at it another way is literally my enemy. Yeah wants different things than I want in the country for the country like they doubt the motives of the Democrats right because well, it, a disagreement means that you're on Satan's side right. so you obviously want bad things for the country right and I mean you were saying that like he was saying like uh, the Je- Jezebel's you know spirit or whatever right? yeah yeah she and has like, a jezebel spirit and so like the like this maligning of people the, the these these nasty n- this nasty approach to politics right yeah. um i i just like 
I find it hard to believe that sort of that, you know, mythical good Christian, right? That's up. Yeah. It's supposed to exist somewhere. Um, doesn't tire of this, right? Yeah. Do- doesn't see the meanness and the nastiness and, 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 and the complete betrayal of their own values, right? In the, in their political speech. It's so distasteful like why not talk about how you disagree the the ways in which you disagree with the person their stance their but it's not that it's this constant right. attack of the person and that's it yeah it has no value has no there's no discourse of any kind right it's, there's no it's agree all, to it, disagree right and when everything has to be couched in uh in terms of whether you're on God's side or on the devil's side, you're not allowed to even consider the other arguments. Mm-hmm. So what we have is a bunch of people who are uh, who are taken in by this. Now, also, I see a whole lot of people, and it's a growing uh, segment of the population, who just want their conservative party back. Who just want a yeah. party that makes sense, uh, you know, that 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 has sort of more traditional, more you know, more conservative economic standpoints, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know, a, a slightly a different way of looking at the same goals right. that we had. Well, you, you, you sort know. of said earlier that you that there's no viable third party currently, right? Yeah. Like I would say that if you were to, and this just seems crazy to me that this is where we're at. But I think the political party that you could see emerge at this point would be a center-right party. Yeah. I think that I think that's what's about to to emerge in American politics, because those people you're absolutely right. Those they, they have not only do they not fit with the conservative right as far as like uh like their 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 values and their goals and everything. Right. Um, they the the the, the religious right doesn't want them right no at all no they they make fun of them they call them rhinos they call them you know republicans in name only yeah it's it's astounding and you know my friend uh who is the son of a former senator here in utah um senator bob bennett posted a thing on facebook where he uh you know because he people have been asking him who would you know who would your dad have voted for now Bob Bennett was a Republican, died in the wool, lifelong Republican. And his son, who's who also is conservative, has always been conservative, was had no hesitation in saying that his dad would who's dead now would have voted for uh Joe Biden. Hmm. They served together, they were friends, and at very least in this climate he could he could he he would disagree with a lot of Biden's policies but at least he knew that he would know that he's trying to work for the betterment of the country right. that he's trying to serve the country yeah uh and that it's very clear that people like uh Donald Trump people like Mitch McConnell don't do that that's not their goal right so yeah, it's a it's a crazy time. It, this is a wacky time, and I'll tell you what, uh, it's not. It can't last. Oh no! This whole th- this this thing with the religion thing, you know, with with all of these religious nutballs being in charge of one half of you know of of the political discourse. 
It literally can't last. It, for, for one thing, so many people are dropping out of religion in our country. Right. That's happening faster and faster. Right, but um, it's almost like, um, I mean, it can't last, but what is it that brings about its demise, right? Yeah. Like, it, because, yeah, okay, people are, are, are leaving religion, um, but the power center is of the of the Republican Party is that evangelical horror that it is yeah. right and you have people lining up and like and and playing them right like like Trump's not a believer he played no. them right but he's yeah. also giving them everything that he wants while he gets his agenda taken care of as well yeah so yeah anyhow. it's a it is a very tricky uh it's a it's a weird time it's a weird time but i think the long and the short of it is you're gonna hear about politics from us on this show uh <laughs> that's that's not going to slow down it's always been soon. it's always been that way dan we've always talked politics on this show yeah so but all right it's good well to point kids out uh if you have anything you'd like to say about politics in the United States, uh, go, you can, I, sure, write into us about it. It makes sense now. Uh, podcast at thankgodimatheist.com. Or call and leave us a voicemail message. The telephone number is 424-666-8442. Yeah, go to the Facebook page, facebook.com slash Atheist. Click the like button. And while you're on Facebook, search for the TGIA Members Only Lounge and request to join. Uh, it is a closed group. We will let you in. Also, find us on Twitter at TGIA Atheist. Yeah! Hey, uh, thanks so much to the Red Rock Hot Club for the use of their fine music. And thanks to Gordon Johnston for the use of his music. Don't forget to go to ThankGodImAtheist.com to become a patron and, uh, and give us your hard-earned money. <laughs> and thanks so much to everybody for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye.